You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 263, What is God's Will? You know, I get questioned all the time, I'd say almost weekly, from Christians who, who, who reach out to me from different parts of the world, people in my own church, and, you know, uh, you know, Dr. Dave, can you pray for me? I, I don't know what God's will is for my life. And, you know, this is an important question, and it's definitely something we need to talk about. But I think before we talk about finding what God's will is for our life, I think we need to ask the question, what is this thing that we call God's will? Um, we, can, we can talk about you know, looking for God's will for our life, but sometimes I'm not sure we know exactly what it is that we're looking for. So I think before we go there, we're going to ask, what is this thing we call God's will? What is it? And then probably next week, we'll talk about how do we find it. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul and Acts. Peter and Paul and Acts should be on every believer's bookshelf. Uh, this is a power-packed volume that introduces the Acts of the Apostles and does a study on the two primary uh, apostles in the early church, Paul and and Peter. And I say the, the, the two primary ones is, is not that the other guys weren't important. I mean, you can go back and look at some history and you'll see that, um, you know, the, the, the men that Jesus deemed apostles really took the gospel all over the world. But it seems like, for whatever reason, in the Acts of the Apostles, Luke uh, deems Peter's ministry and Paul's ministry the, the ones that he was going to focus on. So this is an action-packed book because... Uh, the Acts of the Apostles is action-packed. So it's full of history. It also introduces Luke, the Gospel of Luke, because he wrote both volumes. And so it's really impossible to talk about one without talking about the other. So make sure you check out Peter and Paul and Acts. There's a link in the show notes, and I know you will love it. Well, okay, we're talking about this thing, this mysterious thing that we call the will of God. And I think... When we talk about the theology of the will of God, we're really talking about two different things. The first one is we're talking about the general will of God. And these are things that apply to everyone. And then we talk there's the, the other one is the specific will of God. And that's what most people are talking about when when they're asking you know, me to pray for them, asking some other uh, leader to pray for them, you know, for, for God to help them find the specific will of God for their lives. 
And we'll talk about that one too, but I want to start off by talking about the general will of God. I think this is one that we too often overlook. We jump to the the specific will of God without dealing with the general will of God. And as we're going to see, they're both vitally important. Now, as I said, the idea of the general will of God, these are things that you don't even have to pray for. These are things that apply to every Christian in every generation. Did you catch that? They apply to every Christian in every generation. Let me give you a couple of examples. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. Did you catch that? Every Christian is commanded to give thanks in all circumstances because that's God's will. Now, we're looking for, oh, what am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I supposed to marry? God's saying, hey, let's start off by giving thanks in all circumstances. You know, right now I'm recording this during the uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic of, of 2020. This is April of 2020 when I'm recording this. And you know, there's a lot of people that are upset, and I get it. I mean, there's people that have lost their jobs. There's people that have lost their health. Some people have even lost their lives. You know, churches haven't been able to meet for, um, you know, a month or more now. And it's uh, it's really kind of a, a, a tumultuous time. And, you know, people are being asked to stay home. And it's 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 crazy. And, and, and I'm hearing a lot of negativity. I'm hearing a lot of people upset, criticizing the government, criticizing some churches that have chosen to meet. Some you know, some Christians are just negative. But Paul says here, give thanks in all circumstances. You know, I I I look around and and I see so many of us have so many things to be grateful for, yet it's easy to just kind of fall into the trap of being negative. And, and looking at what we don't have instead of being thankful for what we do. So if you're looking for, for the will of God, here's a great place to start. Let's be thankful. Another aspect of this general will of God that we're talking about is from 1 Thessalonians 4.3. Paul says, This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. How about that? Every Christian in every generation has been commanded to uh, abstain from sexual immorality. Um, Paul says that that's the will of God for you. It's your sanctification. That word means to be set apart. Um, Sanctification has to do with, with our calling, but the idea is God can't really use us unless we're set apart, unless we're sanctified, unless we're the aspect of holiness. And here, the, the specific thing that Paul's talking about is sexual immorality. And look, we live in a, a sex-crazed society. It's hard to um, turn on the TV or, or, or turn on the radio or, you know, really everywhere we turn, there's sex being advertised. And and I get it. And, and you know, this is obviously for, for, for Christians who are single, God's will is abstain from sexual immorality, maintain purity, um, stay clean till you get married. But for those that are married, you know, they're responsible too for, um, you know, not letting immorality into their household. Because let's face it, even married people stray or they get hooked in pornography or some other 
um, aspect of sexual immorality. So, so the idea here is Paul says, you want to know what God's will is? Well, it's this. It's your sanctification. Stay pure. Stay clean. Stay holy. Abstain from sexual immorality. You know, we're, we're worried about the big thing. Who am I supposed to marry? What's my career supposed to be? But Paul gives us two very specific things here. You know, give thanks in every situation and keep yourself pure. Now, of course, there's so many others. I mean, we could say, um, if, if we went all the way back to the Old Testament, even the, the Ten Commandments, um, not murdering, not stealing, not committing adultery, um, not putting anything before God, those are, that's God's will for us. Um, of course, Jesus broke it down and made it a little bit simpler. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and then love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, so those things um, are, are, are very good aspects of the, this idea of the, the general will of God, the, the will of God that applies to everybody. And, you know, you don't have to pray about the, the things. Um, you know, God, should I you know, get involved in this relationship with this woman that I'm not married to? Well, no, <laughs> you, you don't have to pray about that. God, should I take this, um, this thing that doesn't belong to me? No, we don't have to. We, we don't have to pray about that. So, so that's the general will of God. And I think that's a great place for us to start. But then we move into the specifics. We move into the specific will of God. And I think sometimes our philosophy, our understanding of God comes into play. Because if your view of God is a cruel stepfather, if your view of God is, is someone who's angry and has a stick in his hand and he's ready to you know, beat you if you get out of line, well, your understanding of God's will is going to be skewed as well. Here's a question for you to ponder. Is God's will narrow or is it broad? You know, I think sometimes Christians, and I've heard it actually taught like this in a sense, that it, it's almost like it's a tightrope. And, and we're on this tightrope, and, 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 and we're in God's will, and it's this narrow, narrow tightrope that I'm walking on. And if I fall off the tightrope, I've fallen out of God's will. I've fallen to one side or the other. But, you know, I think that understanding of God's will goes against, gosh, all of Scripture. The psalmist said, God, you've brought me into a broad place. You've brought me into a broad place. You know, Jesus said that the, um, the road to, to finding eternal life, the gate to finding eternal life is narrow. But once we step through that gate, once we step into God's presence, once we step into that relationship, it opens up into this broad life that God has for us. What did Jesus say? I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. <clears throat> now, let's talk a little bit about this, this specific will of God. I gave you some verses um, about the general will of God. Let's look at some verses for the specific will of God. And I'm going to just pull a few more from Paul. Listen to what he says here in Colossians. He said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Well, that's, that's awesome. So you're finding out here um, that Paul is called to be an apostle by the will of God. That's God's will for him. 1 Corinthians 1, he says, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. So again, we see that 
um, this idea that God's will for Paul was to be an, an apostle. So that's the specific will of God. Now, obviously, he didn't call everybody to be an apostle. You know, Jesus called many followers. He had many disciples, but he called of those, he called 12 to, to be apostles. Um, you know, I think sometimes in the in the Christian faith, we, we look at the the ministry as, as something that we're called to. And in many cases, it is. In other cases, it's we just kind of end up there. And it's not that we've missed God's will. It's We're still right in the middle of God's will. Um, but there are some people, there's no doubt about it, that he sets apart and he calls. I mean, that's when we're talking about Paul here, his apostleship. Uh, remember, that's one of the five gifts, five leadership gifts that he gives in Ephesians 4. Um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, you know, those are callings. Those are callings to lead at a high level in the church. So talking about God's specific will, you know, the question I get very often is, um, you know, who, who am I supposed to marry? How do I know that? Is Does God have just one person for me? And I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think sometimes we get too worked up over it. But what can we know? Well, first of all, from the general will of God, we know that we should never, as a Christian, we should never marry an unbeliever. Um, Paul said, you know, don't be unequally yoked in, in 2 Corinthians 6. So, so that's a, a good place to start. But in talking about that important decision, someone who's a Christian, maybe they're going in a different direction. Maybe you feel a call to go to the mission field and they feel a call to, you know, go start a business and make a lot of money in the U.S. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But if, if you've got a call to go to the mission field and your potential spouse is, is an entrepreneur, well, there's a conflict of interest there. So just because they're a believer might not be enough either. So you've got to, you know, figure that out. When we talk about the specific will of God, you know, one of the things I think we forget, and there's a great quote from Mark Batterson, who, who, who wrote The um, uh, Circle Maker, um, you know, great book about prayer. And he says this, he says, we tend to view the goal as the goal, but in God's economy, the process is the goal. It's not about what we are doing at all. It's about who we're becoming in the process. And I think really with God's will, it's the same thing. I think there's this idea, you know, we talked about the the the, the narrow or broad, is it, is it a tightrope? And I think sometimes the, the will of God, we see it as this little teeny tiny mark on a target and we're trying to hit it and we're scared that if we miss it, we're going to miss, you know, God's best for our lives. And I think that's really a, a spirit of fear that we've allowed to creep into. I honestly don't believe a Christian who is seeking God with their whole heart is going to miss God's will. I don't think you're going to marry the wrong person. I don't think you're going to end up in the wrong job. Um, I actually don't believe it's possible for you to miss God's will if you're seeking Him on a daily basis. If, if you've put God's first, if God first in your life and you're asking for His guidance... Excuse me. As you make decisions, if you're asking for his guidance during the day, during the week, during the month, I really don't believe that you're going to miss anything God has for you. And again, you know, I'm prefacing that by saying you're not going to miss God's will if you're putting him first in your life. If you're seeking him regularly, if you're, 
if you if, if he's on the throne of your life and you're asking for his guidance and, and, and direction, you're just not going to miss it. Um, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you are. You know, now let's, let's talk about this idea of career choice. You know, what should I do? I was talking to a young Christian recently and he's like, I, I, I just don't know what I want to do. Well, that's fine. Um, the question then becomes, what do you enjoy doing? What are you talented at? What are you gifted at? What do people say, man, you are so good at that? What are you passionate about? You know, often our our talent and our passion are really the things that kind of guide us into what we're going to do. Now, of course, you know, we talked about the calling of God and and, and ministry and that kind of thing. But, you know, honestly... I think a lot of great people end up in ministry and didn't even have a, a calling per se. It was just they, that was what they wanted to do. They were passionate about it and God led them in that direction and they're doing it and doing a great job. Um, other Christians feel guilty that they're not in the ministry. And, and that's silly because everybody can't be in the ministry, in the paid ministry or in the, the full-time ministry. But you know, we're all, in a sense, called as ministers of the gospel. We're all missionaries. We're all called to be disciple makers. So so this idea of, you know, what has God called you to do? I always say, what do you want to do? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? Where can you make a difference? Now, you know, if, if, if you're calling or, or your, your goal in life is to, you're a lady and you want to be a stripper or you're a man and you want to be a male stripper, yeah, that's probably not God's best for you. I can probably tell you that from the scriptures. Um, you know, if you, you feel like, you know, selling drugs, you know, illegal drugs is, is a great way to, you know, build the kingdom. You know, we could probably have a talk and I could probably steer you in another direction. But, you know, most of the things that we want to do you know, somebody says, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to just, you know, be a wife at home and raise kids. I want to be a teacher. I, I, I want to build businesses. I, whatever. God doesn't care. I think, I think God looks at it and says, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, why not? And I think, again, as long as we're praying, as long as we're saying, God, lead me, God, guide me, God, help me make the right decision, I just don't believe we're going to miss God's will. Now, remember what Mark Batterson said. We tend to view the goal as the goal. Okay, what am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I supposed to marry? What, wh- which church am I supposed to be in? What, what school should I go to? We, we tend to view the goal as the goal, but in God's economy, the process is the goal. In other words, the process of prayer, the process of seeking God, the process of living and trying things and you know, is this the right career for me? Is this college major the right one? The process is the goal. God's working in us. It's not about what we're doing at all. It's about who we're becoming in the process. Really, God's much more concerned about who you are than, than what your career is. Um, it's not that He doesn't care, but He's he, He'd much rather having you, um, you know, in maybe not the best career, maybe not making the most money, but becoming the person that He's called you to be. So just a quick recap. We're going to wrap it up. Um, We talked about the general will of God. These things apply to everyone. Um, These are the things you don't have to pray about. And these are things before we even really start thinking about the specific will of God. How are you doing on those things that 
you know, you know you're supposed to be doing. And then the specific will of God. I think we need to get away from this narrow view of God's will. This idea that I'm walking on a tightrope and that I might fall off, or it's so small that, that I might miss it. Um, you know, I, I just think that's, uh, that, that, that's bad, bad theology. Remember what the psalmist said, You have brought me into a broad place. Well, all right, we are going to wrap it up here. Next week, we're actually going to talk about some things that we can do, some things that we can really um, pull into our lives as Christians that will help us um, be those who understand what the will of God is. Um, It's very important that we understand. I'm not downplaying the importance of knowing God's will at all. Paul said, understand what God's will is. And so we're going to pull in some things that will help us to understand what God's specific will is for us in our lives. And as as we understand what God's will is for us in our lives, then we can also help others um, discover God's will for them as well. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And until this next time, this is David Spell thanking you for listening to Leading and Learning.